Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast, episode 70. 70. Um, thank you guys for being patient with me. Last week, there was no episode. Uh, I kind of said in the prior episode, the one we do with Kreiner, that I wasn't quite sure if we'd have one uh, in the week between Christmas and New Year's. And, uh, well, I'll be damned, I was correct. Uh, I just, I had such a, I, I traveled for Christmas. I went, uh, I went back home to see family. And uh, boy, oh boy, was I absolutely effing drained after that. So, just didn't put together an episode. I apologize. Please don't hate me. Continue to love me. Um, But we're back. And we ain't going anywhere. The goal this year? 52 weeks, 52 episodes. We're going to do our darndest. Um, As always, content creators are welcome on the show. We're going to have more guests. We're going to have better themed episodes. We're, We're, you know, we're going big. We're going large. Um, MLB The Show 22, hopefully we'll get some news on that soon and we can start talking about that and theorizing and, and getting some content back on this podcast that people want to hear. Uh, right now, you know, I'm not going to lie, it's it's been difficult sometimes to come up with what to talk about. There's really not been much over the last month or so. Um, but I have a good episode for everybody today. Several months ago, we had uh, Showzone made a guest appearance on the podcast. It was incredible talking and learning more about the ins and outs of Showzone. Um, so we're going to compare the Showzone true overall top 10 players in the game to my top 10 overall. True overall, for those who don't know, is, is a very complex mathematic formula that basically takes every single player's attributes, weights them differently based on what's important or more important and what's not, um, and then assigns a numerical value to, to the card. Um, it to say it's inaccurate is wrong because it's math, so it's not inaccurate. It is definitely different though than what most people would vibe with as far as oh, those are the best cards in the game, or oh, what the hell is that card doing there? Some people don't utilize Showzone enough. Showzone uh, is a fantastic website, so this might be somewhat of an introductory to Showzone for you, at least on the base level. Showzone does so much more than player ratings, so much more. You could see market trends. You could create theme teams. True overall, you, you could. It's a fantastic website that you could lose hours of your life in. So this might be something of an introduction to Showzone. But then we're going to take the Showzone top ten, which with the true overalls, and we're going to compare it to my top ten, which is just uh, no math involved because I don't fucking I don't do math. This is just pure conjecture. It is my opinion. Um, is there some overlap? Sure. Is there a ton of overlap? Not really. Um, I weight a few things differently than I do, or than Showzone does, rather, which would make sense, because Showzone is smart, and I am an idiot. Um, So basically, what this episode is, is we're going to go through that Showzone top 10, and I'm going to, you know, just give my thoughts on on each of the the picks. Um, Again, not picks, algorithm, math, it's it's literally the formula, so what the computer spit out, and then we're going to just kind of talk about my team, or my players. We're going to go into... Um, you know, the, the criteria for my players is, it, it's kind of a bunch of things. Um, how I perform with the card, obviously important. So you might not agree with me because you don't, might not ag- uh, perform with that card as well as I do. That's fine. Everyone's top 10 is always going to be different. Um, I am going to take into account like the holistic approach like Showzone does. Mine just won't have numbers attached to it. Mine will be like, oh, this guy hits well, is fast and fields. He must be pretty damn good, you know? So that's kind of what we're doing there. Um, and then I will admittedly, like, 
I'll take a look at a card that I'm not the best with, but be like, oh, this card is very clearly one of the best in the game. I'm just not phenomenal with it, you know? So we're really going to try to do a bit of a deep dive here. I'm comfortable doing this episode now because truthfully, I don't think any more impact cards are coming out. The only way this changes is if like Shohei or Vlad Jr. are on the cover of 22 and they do a pre-order um, pre-order card that's like a beefed up 99 of that version for the final month or so of 21. They've done that before. It's it's certainly a thing that I'm sure they're considering. And I would imagine that card, whomever it is, is going to be Jesus Christ incarnate on a baseball diamond. It's the only way this entire list changes. But that's like a gimmick. I don't think we're getting that within the next couple weeks. I mean, it's been a while. I'm, I'm shocked, honestly, that we have no information on 22. Literally, like literally, we have less than zero information. We know nothing, um, but we'll get there. And like I said, when news starts to trickle out, we'll have episodes on the news. You're not going to miss any of it if you subscribe and listen to the podcast every week. Um, so enough of me rambling like an absolute buffoon. Let's just talk. Let's dive into it. So on Showzone, the number one player in the game right now, according to Showzone, I'm stressing that, and it's not close. Almost a one and a half point lead in true overall, which is a lot in the, the true overall scale. It's milestone Albert Pujols. The best player, according to Showzone's true overall metric in the game right now, is Albert Pujols. Now, a couple things. I can see the attributes. The attributes are insane. They gave the man good fielding, like good fielding. He runs much better than the 800-pound 45-year-old man that he is right now runs. Uh, insane hitting attributes. I get it. This is one that I fully understand, and I, I get the science here. I disagree in his actual utility, because this card stinks. His swing and his hip and his, his leg motion are horrible. In in reality, he is only good as a bench bat against a lefty pitcher. You can make it work against a lefty pitcher. It it feels different. His attributes, of course, are a little better against lefty too. That helps. But it, you know his swing works better against a left-handed pitcher. Unfortunately, you see a lot of f and righties in this game. So Pujols is number one on Showzone. Uh, he's not number. He's not even on my list. He's not in my top ten. He wouldn't be in my top twenty. He might crack top twenty-five. And that strictly comes down to personal preference and utility, like I said. Listen, if you are the best player in the world with Albert Pujols, yeah, he might be your number one player, and you'll agree with Showzone. But I think it's common in the community that we all hate Pujols' swing, and it stinks because Pujols deserves to be like universally loved in this game. Um, incredible player. all time, One of the best all-time right-handed hitters ever. Uh, but his card is doozy pots. It's not good. Uh, number two. For show zone, he, I don't disagree with this. I totally see it. This card falls outside of my top 10, but just barely. Like, if I went, like, top 12 to 15, he'd certainly be in it. It's Milestone Lou Gehrig. Milestone Lou Gehrig has a true overall of 115.75. Um, and I don't know if I said it for Pujols, actually. His was 117.47, just so you guys know. But Gehrig at 115 and change, I mean, look, 
Phenomenal card. Phenomenal attributes on this card. Phenomenal attributes. There are a handful of things that hold him back. Minor, but still. Defense is not incredible. His speed is actually okay, but not top tier. And I don't know. He's got the type of swing. So, like, Pujols' swing. We'll go back to that. I would say 80% of the community hates it. 20% of the community loves it. Gehrig, it's 50-50. It's either you're the best player ever with Lou Gehrig, or you absolutely suck suck toes with him. And I, I kind of suck toes with Lou Gehrig. So Lou Gehrig is one of those players where I certainly see why people love him. But for me, he just falls out of the top 10. He's like, like I said, 12, 13, I'll buy it. I think there are better first basemen. And if, in, in my opinion, when I'm creating these lists, if there are better first basemen, they should go ahead of Gehrig, right? I mean, that, that just makes sense to me. Even if they're not primary first basemen, I don't care. Um, but Gehrig's two. Number three. Willie Mays, 115.02. I 100% vibe with Willie Mays being in the top 10. He's another, he, but same thing with Gehrig. He falls just shy of my top 10 because I cannot use him. I do not like his swing. I, I cannot make it work. Willie Mays might be 11 on my list, but we're only doing 10. Willie Mays has got the speed. He's got the incredible fielding. He's got the arm. He's got damn near incredible hitting attributes. But can he bunt? I'm, I'm just kidding. Bunting doesn't matter. Um, just not my favorite card. He's never has been. I, he, truthfully, he's really never been a card that I've wanted to use. Uh, even when he came out, I was like, oh, cool, Willie Mays. Put him right in the inventory, and I don't think I've touched him. Maybe in an event. I, I don't think I've used him in ranked. Um, number four on Show Zone. We take a little bit of a drop now, another 1.5 point drop. So clearly there are tiers here. Uh, Hank Aaron, 113.66. Man. I want to love Hank Aaron. I think... I think he's like number 15 for me. Again, it's the swing. He's got the hitting. He's got the fielding. He runs, I think, better than I thought he would. But I think there are... And there are better outfielders. I mean, let's be honest. There are better outfielders. And again, if there are better outfielders or better at a particular position, I can't justify putting somebody higher than that. Um, in my opinion, Hank Aaron is like the seventh, yeah, seventh, eighth best outfield eligible card. In my opinion, again, you might be the best player in the world with Hank Aaron. You could tell me to go play in traffic. That's cool. I'm glad you like Hank Aaron. That's the beauty of the game. There's so many cards that everyone's going to like something different, but on my top 10 maze does, uh, sorry, Aaron doesn't make it. He falls just, just outside of it. You can use him, and I did use him for a considerable amount of time, as a bench bat against a lefty pitcher. And, you know, if I needed a defensive replacement, boom, there he was. Um, But if he's a top 10 card, you know, a top 10 card in this game needs to be basically a bona fide starter on your team. And for me, Hank Aaron's not that. Next, number uh, five, Cinco. 113.47, it's Ken Griffey Jr. Listen, Ken Griffey Jr. is in my top 10. He's not number 5, he's just a smidge lower than that, but he's in my top 10. This is um, really the one that I agree with most. There's one other player in Showzone's top 10 that's also in mine, but I have it a completely different ranking than than Showzone has it. Um, But Griffey is amazing. (laughs) Like, amazing, amazing. Insane hitting attributes. Like, finally, a Griffey that is what he is supposed to be. Uh, 
insane in the field, like absolutely bonkers in the field. Uh, he glides to the baseball. He's got a cannon for an arm. His speed is uh, incredible. I, I cannot say enough good things about this card. He is my endgame center fielder. He is going nowhere. He is not leaving my lineup. Thank you, SDS, for finally giving me a Griffey that I love forever. I don't care that he's on the Reds. I, I couldn't give any more shits about it. Or any fewer shits about it. I don't know. How many shits am I supposed to give? I don't give any shits. Um, last year, I was pretty upset that Griffey was not in my endgame outfield. And it's he, he just didn't have it. He, there was something wrong about him. This Griffey is perfect. I love it. I'm in love with it. I never want him to go away. I hope they release the same card again next year somehow. Like, that's how much I love this card. Now we get into the, some controversy. <laughs> the bottom five on this list, I would say three of them are incredibly controversial. Like, incredibly controversial. Number six is the first pitcher on the list, which also means Showzone thinks this is the best pitcher in the game. According to True Overall, again... I'm not saying every employee of Showzone or every contributor to Showzone has the same opinion, but mathematically, the best starting pitcher in MLB The Show 21, and probably will be for the rest of the year, <laughs> is Lightning Monthly Award Robbie Ray. <laughs> yes, you heard that correctly. Robbie Robert Ray. Um, listen, Robbie Ray was doomed from the start. As soon as he was released, it was a righty-heavy hitting meta. Excuse me, that's kind of hard to say, actually. So he was already in a hole from the jump because he's a lefty pitcher. His delivery, exceptionally easy to read. His pitches, honestly, I do not struggle in the least picking them up, reading them, knowing what's coming, reading the breaks. Like, and I am not an all-world player. I'm not top 50. I don't think I'm, I'm not top. I'm definitely not top 100. Um... And Robbie Ray is just, I, he's hes batting practice to me. Things obviously change on Hall of Fame and Legend, but not the, the vast majority of our community does not play on that difficulty. Robbie Ray on All-Star or below is absolute BP. So I fundamentally disagree with Robbie Ray. He's rated 112.76. He does not sniff my top 40, I don't think. I think I'd rather use like 12 to 15 different starting pitchers than Robbie Ray. Number seven, this is one of the ones that I could definitely make a case for. I actually think Jimmy Fox is the first one out of my top ten, but Jimmy Fox is number seven for Showzone, uh, 112.54. The only thing, literally the only gripe I have with Jimmy Fox is that he is a dog shit fielder no matter where you put him. Primary, secondary, tertiary. I have him at catcher, which is a secondary, and God is he bad there. But because of his bat, you deal with it. Honestly, that's it. Because of his bat, you deal with it. He is one of the best pure hitters in the game. Hands down, in my opinion, the best offensive catcher in this game. But for me, when we're talking true over, when we're talking top 10, sorry, I'm looking holistically. I'm looking holistically. And holistically speaking, Jimmy Fox it, it, defensively is just a nightmare. So he's just out of my top 10. But I totally, 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 totally see how the computer spit it out as him being one of the top 10 players in this game. Like, I'm about it. You will not catch any complaints from me. Uh, number seven for Jimmy Fox. Next, number eight. This is the only other player that I have in my top 10, but I have him in a drastically different position. Number eight for Showzone is Finest Trey Turner. Listen, Finest Trey, I'm not going to, I don't want to like. 
reveal too much about my top 10 right away. We're going to get to that after the ad break in a couple minutes. Um, Trey Turner is literally one of the nastiest cards ever released in the history of MLB The Show. This year, we've gotten a handful of those type of cards, but Trey Turner's insane. So I actually, I, I'm glad he's in this top 10. I disagree with how low he is. He's 111.93. Trey Turner is fucking incredible. You could argue that True overall maybe didn't like him as much because his power against righties is not amazing. I don't care. <laughs> he He's a diamond fielder after parallel one with incredible defense, insane hitting, and literally maybe the best swing ever put into a baseball video game. So Trey Turner, number eight. Number nine, the second best pitcher in MLB The Show, according to ShowZone. Another pitcher that I would say a vast majority of the community does not use. I've seen some use him, and I'm never shocked when I see him, but I'm like, oh, how cool. Uh, Postseason Logan Webb. Postseason Logan Webb is rated a 111.65 by ShowZone's True Overall. And listen, again, I get it. Sinker cutter, I don't think that factors into true overall, but meta-wise, sinker, sinker cutter, great control, not amazing velo, and that for me is why I don't even consider using him, because he is pretty easy to hit as far as catching up to the baseball. Um, but listen, stamina's good, hits per nine's good, case per nine's good, walks per nine's good. He's got almost everything you need. If his velo was a couple ticks higher, he'd be in everybody's rotation. It's just shocking to me. Some of the pitchers that are not included in ShowZone's top 10 that I'm like, oh, instant, instantly better, instantly better. Uh, but Logan Webb is number nine in the ShowZone top 10. And finally, number 10, Braves fans, I pray for you that you get this man back. Fellow Yankees fans like myself, I pray that somehow we find a way to get him. I don't think it's happening, but it's Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman. The finest version, of course, 111.37. Listen, this is a really good card. He can't run, which is, you know, for first baseman, not the end of the world. His swing is, in my opinion, not the easiest to learn. I am not the biggest fan of it. Um, I just, I don't see Freddie Freeman as, I guess, what is he, the one, two... Hank Aaron, I guess, three, four. I don't even see him as a fifth-best first baseman in the game. I just don't. Listen, I don't hate Freddie Freeman. In an event, I'll take a couple hacks with him. Um, but no, for me, he doesn't make my top 10. He might be like top 20, top 25. Um, it's just very interesting the way show zone and true overall works. But what I will say positively about Freddie is that SDS made up for the absolute atrocity that was last year's Freddie Freeman card by giving him a card this year, a finest version, that actually hits against lefties. Sure, his righty numbers are better, as they should be, but he actually hits against uh, left-handed pitching, and that's incredible. Because he is, in, in reality, in IRL, real baseball, one of the best pure hitters in the game. Some people don't agree with that. They see power hitters, they don't say that. They don't, they don't agree. But he's, he's amazing. Freddie Freeman is a great player, great guy. So, um, that is ShowZone's top 10. I would love to hear everybody's thoughts. Listen, I know it's not perfect. I know it's, it's a computer-generated thingy-majiggy. But, I, I mean, it, there's value in it. ShowZone has proven they are a um, reliable source in the community. I use ShowZone, like I said. 
um, for a variety of things. I literally just went to Showzone to pull this list up. But that is the show's own top 10. We're going to talk about my top 10 in a minute, but I'm really curious if you guys have thoughts on this. Let me know. Please shoot me an email. And it'll be the show, the pod at yahoo.com. Um, find me on Twitter, KDJTV611. A lot of you guys I know probably follow me already. Uh, we have plenty of discussions on Twitter anyway, but if you do not follow me and you want to say something, that's a good place to do so. Um, or send me um, um, a letter. I don't know. In the mail. Go to the post office buy a stamp, you know, whatever, just, but let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely curious what you think uh, of these lists because it's, it's an interesting debate or not even debate, just conversation to have really is. Um, but next we're going to go to the advertisements. Sorry. I'm in the, I'm playing an event game as I'm doing this. I haven't really played and podcasted in a while and, uh, oh, there we go. Got to strike out. Okay. Now I can, now I can look first our friends at thrive fantasy. Uh, I'm going to read it verbatim. I think that'll be fun. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick break here to pay the bills. God, I haven't said that in effing forever, and how corny does that sound? I've changed my mind. I'm not reading it verbatim. I'm very excited to be working with Thrive Fantasy, a daily fantasy sports app that is based around player props. If you're not playing Thrive Fantasy, you are potentially losing out on some extra cash. Uh, Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like other DFS apps because it only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games on Thrive Fantasy, oh, well, MLB's over, you can't play that. To play NFL games, the NBA, uh, hockey, esports, uh, Premier League, soccer, or football, if you call it that, um, you're going to go to www.thrivefantasy.com and choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, guess what? The riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible, win a share of the prize pool. It's that simple. If you're looking to play games and make a little bit of money watching your favorite sports, use promo code THESHOWTHEPOD when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy today. You'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your very first deposit of 20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by going online to thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Not tomorrow. Don't wait. Do it today. Next up, my friends at Rogue Energy. Listen, Rogue Energy is a phenomenally tasting, actually works uh, energy formula that is not just for gamers. It certainly works for gamers. That's what it's marketed for. But it is for people who, like, are busy at work. It's for people who have, you know, maybe they hate their kids and just want to power through it with some some caffeine. Uh, you know, Rogue Energy is, is, is the stuff. Um, they have the hydration formula. That's my favorite. It's no caffeine, but it gives you all the focus elements that the caffeinated energy formula does. So I like that. Um, it also completely dissolves in water. And that is a gift, ladies and gentlemen. Some energy formulas leave like a chalky nonsense mix at the bottom. Uh, not Rogue Energy. There's no chalk with Rogue Energy. Zero chalk. Um, kind of like the NCAA tournament, there's never chalk. Everything always goes to shit really fast. But listen... Enough of a tangent. Go to RogueEnergy.com, use coupon code KDJTV, you get 10% off your entire order, and you'll have some of the best-tasting, most effective energy formula that you could possibly possibly have. And listen, I know I have a promo code, so I'm biased, and I'd love if you used it, but you could talk to any number of people in my Twitch streams who have purchased it on their own or use my code, and they can vouch. Legit, legit, not even joking. But that's Rogue Energy. Okay, on to my top 10. My top 10 begins, and this might be recency bias, maybe, 
this might be me overreacting to the insane start I've had with this card. But the best card, in my opinion, in MLB The Show 21, and literally is probably a top three to five card ever, ever, is finest Trey Turner. I understand, like I said before, that power, his power numbers are a little low, uh, at least for his righties. Maybe that clouds why he's a little lower in show zone and true overall. I get it. But this card, with the best, the best swing in MLB The Show history, makes up for any attribute lag, lags that he might have. I don't even know what I'm saying. Trey Turner is stupid. Absolutely stupid. I'm gonna Now that this event game's over, I'm going to go in and show you all my stats. I'm not going to play another event game now. I'm just going to show you all the stats on my cards. So Trey Turner... Okay, now granted, a lot of this is in the All-Star event. There's a handful of Hall of Fame and one Legend game. In 189 at-bats with Trey Turner, I am hitting 487. Yes, you read that right or heard that right. You're not reading right now. 487 with 24 home runs. Five steals. I don't steal a lot. 19 doubles and a triple. I also don't push for three a lot because I'm afraid to get thrown out on the bases. And most of the time, Trey, T- Trey Turner on second base is scoring on a single no matter where it's hit. So you don't even have to worry about stretching to a triple. Um, he's got a 14, he's basically got a 1500 OPS, 980 slug. The, this card is insane. Trey Turner, who can play second, third, short, and center field and is a diamond um, at his primary of second base. He's 99 speed, 99 steel, 99 base running aggressive. I don't know what else to say about this card. It is incredible. Best card ever in, in MLB The Show 21. Top three of five card ever, ever, ever. Trey Turner. Number two, um, fake finest Mike Trout. Because they didn't really have a finest for Mike Trout in 2019. They invented it. Um, but you look at you you look at his attributes. The only thing semi halfway lacking is contact versus left, and at P five it's still one fifteen, so it's barely lacking. At P four where I am now, he's got ninety nine fielding, eighty nine arm, ninety five accuracy, ninety nine speed. He's seventy one stealing at P five. No one steals a ton anyway. Listen, this card is amazing, and when you couple it with his swing, which is another one of the best in the game. Excuse me, I'm burping. That's different than, than yawning like I usually do. Um, when you couple his swing with just his attribute, this card's incredible. This is a top 10 card all time. Easily. Uh, I'm hitting similar to Trey Turner, like I said, mostly all-star, a little bit of Hall of Fame, one legend game. 197 at-bats, 467 with 21 ding-dongs, 19 doubles, 3 triples. 1,400 OPS. Just a, a, a nuts card. Second best on in Emily the Show 21, in my opinion. Number three. So this, you're going to yell at me. You're going to call me a hypocrite, and I'm, I'm going to say, please leave me alone. Babe Ruth. Signature Babe Ruth is number three card in this game. Has a lot to do with my performance with him. It also has to do with uh, the fact that his three hitting attributes at P5 are all 125. At P5, he's also a gold in the field at 80. In his uh, primary of right field. Now, I play him at first base, so that goes down to a silver. But at first base, it's fine. 69, very nice speed, is definitely a little slow. I hear you. His 72 reaction time doesn't help with that speed. I hear you. His stupid running animation doesn't help with the speed. Again, 
I hear you. But this is maybe the best fielding Babe Ruth card with a 91 arm at P5 that they've given us in a long time. And he's, like I said, 125 hitting attributes. I'm also hitting 423 over 227 at-bats with him, and a lot of that's on Hall of Fame. He was part of my last World Series run. I just, Babe Ruth is, or Coogs, if, if you're one of people who uh, likes to remind Coogs that looks like Babe Ruth, um, it's just such a good card. Such a sweet swing. I know early swings result in a lot of bullshitty home runs, and Babe Ruth is right up there at the top of the list on early swing bullshitty home runs. But he also has a phenomenal uh, approach to the opposite field. You get a lot of good swings with him to the opposite field. So, uh, long story short, I'm rambling now, Babe Ruth is, is incredible. This is the one that I think is going to be the most controversial for people, in, in my opinion, on my list. Number four, the best pitcher still, in my opinion, and MLB The Show, is TA3 Jacob DeGrom. Uh, plenty of pitchers, or plenty of people, rather, will argue that better pitchers have come out. I would not argue that with you. Pitching is such a feel thing, and there are... In my opinion, like seven or eight actual usable rotation members on Hall of Fame difficulty, where I play most of my games. You could argue essentially any one of, maybe like five of those eight as one of the best pitchers in the game or the best pitcher in the game. In my opinion, as far as, I'm not even considering how I use him, I'm considering who I don't like facing, Jacob DeGrom. Again, that's a preference thing. But... In, let's see, 187.2 innings, I've struck out 263 people with a 3.69 ERA, which in ranked is, in my, I think that's pretty good. 0.79 whip, that's probably a better indicator. Um, 10 complete games, I've thrown one perfect game this year. It was with Jacob DeGrom. So, you combine outlier with how fast his slider is and how slow his changeup and curveball are comparatively, and this card's nuts. And if someone is somehow on the four-seam fastball, you have a very easy way to get him off of it with a two-seamer that's much slower and doesn't have outlier. He has no meta pitches other than the outlier fastball, but I don't care. In my opinion, Jake DeGrom is the best pitcher in the game and the number four, number four overall player in my top ten. This is the one that if people are going to argue with me, I understand. So please, argue with me. Uh, number five, a lot of people don't like him this year. I think he is insane and one of the most juice cards ever assembled. Uh, finest Tatis, man. Uh, I don't know what to say about this card. He has. I'm going to just tell you the categories that he has max hitting stats in at P5. Or max everything, sorry. Across the board, what stats he has max in in P5. Power versus right, power versus left. Both incredibly important. Clutch. Not as important as you actually putting the PCI on the ball and making a good swing, but it helps a little bit in tight situations. Max fielding, max arm, max reaction, all incredibly important things. Max speed, max steel. This is not to mention the fact that he is near max, as in like four to five points away from max, in contact left, fuck durability, that doesn't matter, Uh, and base running aggressiveness, which will help you turn the bases better. Fernando Tatis is one of the most balanced cards ever put together. And yes, his swing is a little rough to get used to. It took me like 25 to 30 at-bats to, to nail it. But he's my endgame shortstop and he's going nowhere. If you look at just attribute distribution, you could argue he's the number one player in the game solely on stat attribution. I don't know why Showzone doesn't value him the way I do. 
because he has the speed, he has the fielding in the arm, he has the power, his contacts are 115 and 121 at Super Fracture. Those are pretty damn good. Um, but that's my opinion on Tatis. I use him. That's the end of the story. Number six, Ken Griffey. I already spilled my guts about Ken Griffey. This is where me and Showzone agree. Showzone had him five. I had him six. He's not going anywhere. His stats are beautiful. I love him forever. Not going to spend any more time on it. Number seven, the number two starting pitcher in Diamond Dynasty, and it'll be the show, in my opinion, is Milestone Justin Verlander, the no-hitter card. Throws a cutter, outlier fastball. He has two of the three meta pitches. He doesn't have a sinker. You could argue they could have given him one. I'm kind of glad they didn't because it would have been even more incredibly difficult to hit. In 140.1 innings, 301 ERA, .74 whip, 221 strikeouts. Listen, if he has good energy, not even full, but good energy, and it's my World Series game, he's my go-to. He's the one I feel most comfortable pitching with. I hit him pretty well, though. And that is, I want to explain, that is why DeGrom is higher on my list than Verlander. I can effectively or semi-effectively hit Verlander now. I've seen him enough. I still feel like I pitch incredibly well with him, though. So that's why he's there. Number eight. This is the only player on the list that is not on my God squad. Because I just could not, in my right mind, leave him off. I don't hit well with this card. He was in my lineup for a hell of a long time, because he had to be because of his attributes. But I, I finally got a way to take him out. I have him super fractured. It's Mickey Mantle. MVP Mickey Mantle is an incredible Mickey Mantle that they gave you for free in TA4. He's just, his swing this year just feels funny to me, so I can't use it. But at P5, 125, he's max at contact right, contact left, power right, discipline and clutch, which again, whatever, durability doesn't matter, uh, max arm, and okay, that's all his max. Now, listen to what he's close to max at, as in four to five points away, or thereabouts fielding he's a 92 essentially max diamond fielder 96 accuracy 93 reaction essentially max 97 speed essentially max like this this card and he's a switch hitter we can't forget that he's a switch hitter switch hitter instantly makes him a weapon is he the only switch hitter on my list yes only switch hitter on my list um i think in my opinion there are better outfielders or at least outfielders i'm more comfortable with there are some people who might crucify me for not i don't know some people might crucify me, honestly, for not putting this card higher when you look at his attributes, but I don't I don't care. Mickey Mantle, number eight. Um, number nine. This is based entirely on his swing and how the meta is to swing early. Mookie Betts is still one of the best hitters in this game. Even if there are cards that can match his contact and have higher power. Mookie Betts is filthy, filthy. The fact that he plays second base instantly makes him incredibly valuable. Unreal in the field. Like, I don't even know what else to say about Mookie other than maybe watch Chev play with Mookie Betts because this man hits perfect, perfect, or absolute piss missiles every single at-bat with Mookie Betts. This card is amazing. I'm so happy Mookie Betts was given just his, his justice this year. Finest Mookie Betts last year. I used a little bit, but was kind of underwhelming in some of his hitting attributes. Not this card. This card is perfection. I hope we get it again in some way. Finally, there are going to be people who are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Number 10 is Juan Soto. <laughs> Don't yell at me. Don't yell at me. Number 10 is Juan Soto. This is almost entirely swing-based. 
but it's buoyed by some numbers this year that he didn't have in the past. At P5, 125 contact right, 120 contact left, 122 power right, 116 power left. Those all play like max. They all play like 125. It doesn't matter. When you get to a certain threshold, they're all the same, and his amazing, incredible swing amplifies that even more. Plus, lefty-lefty, even disregarding attributes. Let's not look at the attributes. His swing just works well lefty-lefty. If you can turn on a ball or at least square it up, his swing is very good for lefty-lefty. Um, other things of importance, only 51 bunt. Just kidding. Uh, 93 in the field. This is the differentiator this year. Last year's Soto card I loved and was endgame for me too, even though his fielding was rocky. They finally just saw that he improved his fielding this year. He moved to right field as a primary. He's better in right field than he is in left. He's always been better in right field than he was in left, but he was blocked. And that's why they put him in left. But 93 fielding, listen, 83 arm, is it incredible? No. He'll throw people out from medium right field. You get him deep to the wall, probably use a cutoff man. But 83 arm, very good. 81 accuracy, good enough. You know, it's all timing anyway, just the window's a little smaller. 63 speed at P5. Again, I get it. It's not incredibly fast. You don't really need that speed in the corner outfield a ton, especially with Griffey or Trout roaming around center field, maybe even Trey Turner. But here's the thing that saves it. He's got 98 reaction at P5. That almost makes the speed not as important in the field. On the bases, sure, it matters. But, uh, you know, on the ba- uh, in the field, rather, not a big deal. Juan Soto, in my opinion, is a number 10 card in Diamond Dynasty. I'd rather use him in my outfield. Over Mays, over Aaron, over Trey in the outfield, over Mookie in the outfield, over Cattell in the outfield, who was another one of my favorite cards, over Bryce in the outfield. That's it, guys. This is my opinion, and therefore it is fact. I'm I'm just kidding. I I thought this would be a fun episode to do. I've been thinking about this a lot lately because there's a lot of people saying, oh, this card's the best, this card's the best. Well, now you know what the best are. You know from Showzone, which is the math that's accurate, And then you know from me, the blubbering idiot who just makes impulsive decisions. But that's it, guys. (laughs) Thank you for listening. This has been episode 70 of the show, the podcast. Look out for more coming in 2022, more streams, more YouTube. I know I've said that forever, but I'm finally doing it. I'm in a groove on YouTube. I'm doing theme teams. We did a Betty White theme team the other day. Yes, you heard that correctly. Go to YouTube and watch it. I'm on the TikTok more. I'm going to try every time I stream or make a video, there will be a TikTok attached to it. Same thing as if I have a guest on a podcast. I'm trying to just grow a little bit. I'm not trying to be famous. I'm not trying to be rich. I'm just trying to grow a little bit and have some fun. So thank you guys for listening. I'm sorry again that I took last week off, but I need a little refresh, but I am here to stay in 2022. Hope you guys all had great holidays. Hope you guys all had great New Year's, and I hope 2022 brings you everything you want. Thank you so much, and I'll talk to you guys next week.